City. Hey Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. 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 Welcome to Salt Lake Jake's Take. I am Salt Lake Jake. We've had our bye week. We're refreshed. We're rested. We're reinvigorated. We're revamped. Whatever R word you want to use, we're ready to go. I've got my guys Pete and Brennan here. Fellas, how you doing? Doing good, Jake. Awesome, man. I, we're 401. We are. I like the positive outlook because guess what? Right now, just like the weather outside, if you look out the window, it's overcast, it's gloomy, it's cold, it's dark, it's foreboding the winter. It seems like this entire college football season for our youths has been a little dark and overcast. There has always been the cloud hanging over like, yes, what about Cam Rising's knee? And as we know, as our loyal listeners know, we've discussed it every single week, but guess what? It seems like every week there's something new that comes up that adds a little color, a little context, a little clarity to the situation. This last week, I don't know if I call it a bombshell because we all saw where it was trending, but Cam Rising's doctor, doctor, and I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Ella, Ella Trosh Dr. from uh, L.A. Is that right? Is that how you pronounce it? I'll just call him Dr. L. Dr. L from L.A., who is a, a world-renowned orthopo- orthopedic surgeon, worked on Aaron Rodgers, Worked on several other athletes, uh, Tiger Woods. He repaired Cam Rising's knee injury. He was able to have it give an interview to The Athletic. And in The Athletic, he dropped a lot more clarity on what's going on. Not only was his ACL torn, several other ligaments were torn, and they just haven't reacted um, ahead of schedule like we've been told. He's actually on schedule. He said himself, there's no swelling in his knee, not a lick of swelling. There's no issues there. But the tendons just aren't strong enough yet to release him to play college football. Um, and the, that's not the issue, because if you if you realize the timeline, he said an injury like this is 10 to 12 months before they're cleared. Cam's still at only nine months since the surgery, right? Yeah. So the issue is not the injury. The issue, and what is getting everybody up in arms, all you fans, is the messaging coming from the Hill Around right around Cam Rising's injury, we heard all off season long he's on track. He's ahead of schedule. It's going to come right. I mean, I can picture it in my mind. Kyle Whittingham right from the the pulpit. It's going to come right down to kickoff with Florida. It's going to come right down to the end. We should know about a week out. And so they created these false expectations, like, oh yeah, he's probably going to play. You know, and Cam Rising himself. Oh, I'm on track. I'm looking forward to it. I want to be able to play against Florida. Little did we know, he's nowhere near ready to play. At least at that point, he wasn't against Florida and Baylor. It's been six weeks since the start of the season, and the man has not taken a snap. Fellas, what do you make of this drama and this situation, and how do we move on and or recover? What Just lay it out there. Give me I mean, give me your take. To me, this is Lucy and Charlie Brown pulling the football away. Like that's that's Every week has been that. And so frustration just continues to mount. My take, I love Cam Rising. I, get, I said last time, put him on Mount Rushmore if you talk quarterbacks. Great. But it sort of feels like this was to save your NIL brand. I'm not buying T-shirts if you're not playing. I'm not I'm not signing up a Mountain, Mountain West credit union account. Like, I'm sorry, but if it was Cam, if it was Cam not letting the staff know where he was, 
um, that's kind of on him. Okay. I mean, that's the problem is, Pete, with, with what we little we know, who knows if that's the case? If it's Cam's fault, who knows if it's the doctor's fault for communicating false information? And who knows? Cam's, t- what, 22 years old? He's athletic. He's fit. He's young. He's 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 cocky, rightfully so. He's confident. He could easily have thought to himself, you know what? I'll rehab extra hard. Yeah. I, I yeah. know my body. I'll definitely be back by then. And so he had positive thinking. So I don't blame Cam at all. In this. No. I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit. But Maybe we couldn't get anyone out of the portal if he's coming back, right? Right. That's the problem. Is there so many, so many dyna- the dynamics around this? You're right. If if people knew Cam wasn't going to be healthy all year, we go and get a quarterback. But the messaging was, oh, he'll be back, so you can't go get a quarterback. Everyone just assumed Cam be back, right? Um, the uh, you know the 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 way the coaches handle it, saying, oh, it's gonna, it could be any day. He's looking good. Well, and remind me at one point, wasn't he going through like the NFL drills or whatever? in the off season or I can't remember. I don't think so. Uh, that made it the, the year before. Look, um, the other point is like, you have to, there's this question of like, you know, did wit know, or did cam not disclose everything in my mind? Wit is such a detailed guy. And that what's, that's what makes him so great. I don't think there's any way that wit trust this season to just cam's word. Like knowing Wit, he would have had a report from the doctor, would have talked to the doctor, would have known about the injury, would have known what he was looking at so he could evaluate the needs for this season. That's my take. I have no basis other than just that's my belief. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely that that's definitely a uh, side you can take, and there's no way to disprove or prove it, right? But what we do know is we were all misled in what to expect coming into the season. We have an elite defense. On the side, that side of the ball, we got some playmakers on offense with the transfer of Micah Pittman, with Jaquin Jackson, with uh, the transfer of Emory Simmons. You have Mikey Matthews coming in. You had the hopes that Keith would be back. So the 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 overall prospectus of the season was we're going to be a top ten team competing for a playoff berth. That's just what we got coming back, and yeah. that's what we were led to believe all summer long. Little did we know. Looking at it logically, he, there's no way in hell that he could have been ready before now at this point. What no way, that, right? So I think that I think the issue lies at the lack of clarity and 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 uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lack of transparency yeah. when it comes to this. I was going to ask you, okay, so part of the whole preseason poll and ranking and everything is how much the coaches talk up their teams. What was our preseason ranking? Do you remember? Fourteen. So if we didn't, if they, if it was like Cam's not coming back this year, and da, 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 we wouldn't have been fourteen. No, we would probably been twenty three to twenty five, maybe just based we'd on be history. Out. We'd be out by now. Oh yeah, we wouldn't be ranked right now. Um, and the thing is, we have talent everywhere else, but man, the quarterback position, as you know, is the most important on any team in any sport. Period. You know, um, and so I just think, I just think the messaging has been poor. It's been poor, and. uh I don't know. I don't know if we see him again this year, you know? Do you think uh, Micah Pittman feels a little burned? Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. He came to to here from Florida State to play with Cam. That's why he came here. And he left a, a top 10 Florida State team to do it. Uh, he left a great team. He was now in the top, I think, the number three now in the polls, undefeated. He left a great team. He was their second leading receiver last year to come play for Cam. Yeah, I'm, I guarantee he feels burned. And who knows, man? I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if for sure, for sure, this is Cam's last year or if they think they can try and get a medical redshirt. But if you don't play this week, 
You know, it's halfway through the season, six games, and then you're going to just open up your first game on the road against USC. No, you're probably not playing. If you don't play this week, you're probably not playing this year. So does that mean he's just going to milk the NIL money he's got and then declare for the draft and become an undrafted free agent? Or is he going to, you know, say, screw it. I'm going to rehab all summer. I'm going to come back super healthy next year, and I'm going to lead this team in the Big 12. Or the scenario I don't want to talk about, but it's always out there. Does he transfer to another, the highest bidder in the offseason? You know, oh, God. there's plenty of awesome power teams that would take him as a starting quarterback when he's healthy in a heartbeat. One of the silver linings of the NIL, though, is that um, you he, he, there is an option to come back. You know, it used to be, guys, I got to go make some money in the NFL, right? And yes. now it's like, I'm probably, I, I, I maybe I'll just stay here another year instead of be, you know, on some roster. Let's say he was a, okay, let's say best case, he's a seventh round draft pick, right? And he makes a roster. League minimum for quarterbacks is somewhere in the four hundred thousand dollar range, I think, between four and five hundred thousand. By all accounts, he's making well over that, double that, maybe even triple that, right here. Yeah. So you're right. If there's an opportunity, I would say if he does not play this week, then then find that way to prepare for next year because you can't just throw him in right off the bat against the meat of our schedule. There's no way you need a warm up game in the very least, right? And so if he's not back this week, I hope they find a way because next year, dudes, the Big 12 is not strong at all. We would be clear-cut favorite to go into that league uh, and win it next year. And guess what? The playoff starts next year where every league gets the champion, gets a playoff berth. So if it's possible, with our defense coming back, because we got 20 of the 22 guys on our two deep on defense, our underclassmen. Some of them may leave for early, some may not. But our defense is going to be better next year. If you brought back a healthy Cam Rising next year, and Jaquin and Jackson will be back, a lot of our line will be back. Dude, I, I I could guarantee we'd be the overwhelming favorite to win the Big 12 next year going in. So let's shift to season expectations. What are they now? Well, I think, okay, let's 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 set that up on, on two tracks. With Cam Rising and without. Let's say Cam Rising comes back this week. We'll start there. If Cam Rising miraculously runs out, is passes whatever test the doctor has, and stays healthy the rest of the year, I think we could still finish ten and two with, with a couple. We'd have to go two and three or two and one in the big three. I think we get pick off two of those if we have a healthy Cam Rising. Finish ten and two. We wouldn't probably wouldn't be in the Pac-12 title game. We'd probably get an NY six game like the Fiesta Bowl or or whatever. Um, I think that would be that. That's the top, the the ceiling at this point with healthy Cam Rising. Without a healthy Cam Rising, man, we've seen what this offense is, and it is dreadful. And that is an understatement. That is an understatement. So if we don't have Cam Rising, I, there's no way in my mind I could see us winning any of the big three: Oregon, Washington, USC. So that that already puts us at four losses. Now would uh, Colorado at the end of the year? That could be a toss up with the offense they got. Right um, at Arizona is not going to be easy, man. Their last two games, they have played really well against Washington and, and USC. Took USC to triple overtime at USC, and then Washington they only lost by one score at home. So that could be a lot. So if we don't have Cam Rising, I would not be surprised to finish the year seven and five. Ooh, back to the twenty thirteen years. I mean, uh, record wise, it would be yeah. But the difference is though. The Pac-12 is loaded with elite teams, not just good teams. 
elite teams, elite playmakers, elite superstars all across the board. You look at the Oregon-Washington-USC trio, all three quarterbacks could be in New York for the Heisman finals, right? Obviously, one of them is a returning Heisman winner. Um, the other one just leads the nation in passing, and the in the other and, and Oregon's just load of stars. Like I'm telling you, it may be, if we do end up seven and five or eight and four, you know that sure that's a record that's the early years in the Pac-12, but it's different because the Pac-12 is so deep and loaded. What are you expecting now? Then okay, let's just let's just let's just assume the worst in the terms of the worst offense. Okay, what 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 do you want to see out of Nate Johnson? I would say progress, like. Let's not have it be like the offense is constipated. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it, right? It's just constipation on offense. <laughs> Let's see a little progress with some 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 points on the board and some drives. And eight and four, I would be okay with eight and four. I would be okay because that means we we beat the games we should have uh, been competitive and then lost to the big three. Finish eight and four. That would be if Cam does not come back. Eight and four is what I expect. I expect how, our defense to keep us in all the games. I yeah. expect Whittingham to figure out a way to get enough points in some of those others. How risky can when you be with Nate Johnson right now? Like, because his skill is running, right? His 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 threat is, you know, keeping the ball. Well, his threat is running. Well, no, I don't even say his threat is running. I'd say his threat is his speed. His speed. Running, he hasn't made right decisions as far as when to keep it and when uh, to not. You know. Um, it seems like it seems like he's not a great runner. He's a good. He's really speedy, but he's not a great runner. So, I think you've got to be risky, man. Look what happened the last two weeks when you didn't seven points a game's not enough. No. And even the seven against Oregon State was when the game was already basically over anyway. Like you've got to figure out a way to open up the offense. Get more read option. Get more on the edge. Do short, quicker passes. Something to get more points, but. Yeah, I mean, you've got to see some sort of a some sort of offensive um, improvement, and and you got to do that to to finish eight and four. If we finish eight and four with Nate Johnson, I'm okay with it. It was not a rebuilding year necessary, but we've never seen a year like this with injuries. Yeah. Never. I mean, it's not only bad; it's horrific. Your it's number one running back has yeah. been out most of the year. Your number three running back. Uh, your number two running back broke his face; is out for the year. Now your number four running back, Chris Curry's just fractured his ankle. He's out for the year. Your number one ride receiver, uh, Micah Pittman, ha- has played sparingly. Your number one tight end, Brant Keith, he hasn't seen the field. Your number one quarterback hasn't seen the field. Your number two quarterback hasn't seen the field. Like, it Your is lockdown kicker can't kick. ridiculous how bad the injuries are. If we're able to navigate this and finish 8-4 and four with these injuries, I'd say that's a win because next year it sets up huge for what we got next year we go into the big 12 where there's not a single blue blood program or a single powerhouse there the big 12 is looking extremely mid we go in as the head and shoulders lights out favorite to win that thing and make the playoffs so i say finish eight and four get some progress from some of the younger guys and then let's let's be ready for next year brandon what do you expect uh, I think largely the same thing. The, my only question is whether we're going to see Brandon Rose. I mean, we've heard some chatter this week that he's six to seven weeks behind, but he's been running the scout team. And at this point, I want to see him just to see if he's any worse than what we've seen in Nate Johnson. And look, prop, all props to Nate for being thrown out there from what we've learned. He didn't know he was going to be starting until Friday before the game. And so props to him for just going out there and doing his best, but it has not been great. So, and, and he's not a, an accurate thrower. I would like to see what we could find with, uh, see with, with Brandon Rose is if he's a better thrower. 
And Whittingham, I think, alluded to some of that with this week with some comments when he said, we're not trusting our receivers enough. Um, I think he wants to see us throw the ball more. Uh, as for expectations, um, I, I just want to see him do something with this offense. Look, we have a $6 million head coach. We have one of the top offensive minds up there. Now is the time when they got to earn it when it's hard, right? Yeah. This is when you earn your money. So let's see what they can do. Yep, they're paid for moments like this. You're right. We do have one of the best coordinators in the country, at least by all accounts, and Notre Dame wanted him really badly. We have one of the best head coaches in the country. They're all both highly paid. Make, earn your money now. Show us why, because 198 yards of offense isn't earning it. I don't care who you got. If you're a Power 5 team and you're ranked in the top 20, you do, you can, you got to put out better than seven points and 198 yards. It is embarrassing when I see uh, accounts tweet out uh, total offense uh, rankings and scoring offenses, and you see Utah at the bottom of the list every time. It's disgusting. So it's time to earn your money, fellas. Let's figure this out. And you know, to your point about Brandon Rose, they're like, yeah, he's six, seven weeks behind. Well, I don't care. He was there all offseason. He 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 won the backup job in spring. He was there for a good portion of fall camp. A six or seven week Brandon Rose behind is still better than the garbage we've been putting out right now. Like uh, it cannot it, yeah. get worse. <laughs> all right. What do we want to what do we let's we're playing Cal this week? We got a big time yes. matchup, our old foe from college game day back in the day. What should we expect? What what, what are we gonna see on at one o'clock? Well, typically what happens when you play Cal is you're like, oh, easy win, guaranteed win. They're a garbage team. At least they have been for the last several years, right? Um, usually it's a team that can't put up any points and is, has a pretty stout defense. A little bit different this year. Um, they, they're able, they're, they're averaging 32 points a game, which is, is compared to what Utah averaging seems like it's the freaking uh, <laughs> Patriots, the 2018 <laughs> Patriots out there, right? So they're averaging 32 points a game. They've had some quarterback issues. Last week, they started a, a freshman uh, by the name of Fernando Mendoza, and he was able to rack up 40 points on Oregon State when we were only able to put seven. So they're 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 scoring points, um, and, and their their defense isn't as strong as usual, um, but it's still, it's still decent. But they still rank in the bottom half of the Pac-12 in both total offense and total defense. Um, but they're they're better than years past, right? They're they're gonna be without probably at least he's questionable their lead running back Jaden Ott he uh, he's been injured so that could help us but I, I expect ah man I expect our defense men what what do we know when a true freshman quarterback making yeah. a start in the Rice Eccles Stadium usually does not go well for this quarterback we can look back to Jaden Daniels Arizona State this year with Dante Moore at UCLA and there's a plethora of examples when a freshman quarterback rolls into this stadium. It's uh, it's lights out because our D will wrap him up. So I expect our defense to give him fits. Um, they may score more than what we what most people would assume. I bet you it'll be like a seventeen point output from Cal. Now, can we score more than seventeen? Well, damn it, if we can't score more than seventeen at home against Cal, we don't deserve to be ranked in the least. So I hope we can figure it out after two weeks off and two weeks of preparation to fix our our offensive issues. Um, the rumor is Jaquin and Jackson will be back. Uh, in, oh, in really? the lineup, yeah. So that should help. Um, potentially Johnny Maya, the starting center, could be back, moving Comp to guard. So that could help a little bit with the with the offensive line. Who knows about Keithy and who knows about Pittman? They're they're wild cards. I I'm not even going to expect either of those guys until Cam Rising plays. And so, 
I don't Do know. You expect I, us to cover the spread, 13 and a half? Oh, it's going to be close. I don't know if it's going to be that. I, I think it's going to be something like 20, 26, 17, 11 points, something like that, or nine yeah. points. That's that's my math for you. Or 27, 16, make it 11 points, something yeah. like that. I don't expect us to get into the 30s because basically we can't get into the teens um, on offense. So, But if we can get into the 20s, I think we win by a, a decent margin, not huge, but decent margin that would put us at five and one. We'd probably move up in the rankings just by virtue of being five and one. We'd be top 15 rolling into USC. Uh, at that point, if you're five and one and in the top 15 rolling into USC without all the players we mentioned it, especially Cam rising, then you know what? That's actually a hell of a coaching job by Kyle Whittingham, you know, to make that happen. That's interesting. Like the USC thing has, has been that dartboard game for me this year. Are we looking past Cal? You know, I would think maybe normally we would, but with the struggles we've had and coming off a loss, I think that got the attention of players. You can't take anybody for granted, man. You can't, you know? doesn't yeah. matter who you've got suiting up. I don't think you can. So I think they'll be focused. I think the fact that it's been a bye week, they've had a chance to kind of lick their wounds, uh, maybe implement some new stuff on offense, uh, maybe get some healthy guys back. I, I don't think we overlook Cal, no. I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be a good game. I think Utah wins. 26-17, and uh, we roll into to USC 5-1 and one, uh, for a bloodbath <laughs> if we don't get our guys back. <laughs> Brandon? Anything uh, else? I don't have anything. I don't think I have anything else to add. I think, you know, Jake's covered it there. I mean, well, John Leonard uh, said, I, look, I think, oh, look, ahead. my only other thing to add, I, I, I don't know that we cover. Honestly, everyone that looks at this 13-and-a-half spread just thinks that they should put their – mortgage on the uh on on cow bears but you know we do i go back to my original point we have highly regarded coaches that are paid to figure out these situations there's been some clarity in the last two weeks as to cam's availability and they've realized that uh, the way they handled it before was hurting them and so i have some faith they're going to put it together I think uh, our defense holds those guys to 14 and we score 27 and don't cover. Uh, I'm going to go with 20 to seven. Don't cover by a half a point. Okay. Sounds good. All right, fellas. I appreciate you joining us. Just my last thoughts on this. Look, Cam rising has been the topic du jour of the entire season. He just has, is he back? Is he not? Some people started raising, rumors about him being mentally ready, whatever the case is, throw all that aside. If Cam Rising never takes another snap at the University of Utah, like you said, Pete, he is on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. The man led us to back-to-back P5 conference championships. He is the heart and soul of this team. He is loved by all teammates. He is a leader. He is a playmaker, and he is able. he was able to give us some of our most memorable wins. He has four wins over top 10 teams. Four. That's more than any other quarterback ever at Utah football history. So no matter what happens, Brother Cam Rising, if you never step on the field again and you never don that drum and feather, I will always hear bum, bum, da, bum, 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 and I will get chills thinking of your beautiful long hair flowing in the wind with your gorgeous goatee running down the sidelines against Ohio State. Cam Rising, you are an absolute legend at the University of Utah, and I, sir, salute you and thank you. So, fellas, let's go get that win at Cal. Thank you for joining us. I am Salt Lake Jake, and I am out. Jake in Salt Lake City. Hey, Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. 
Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake.